0: When we escape the overcommitment trap, we can serve from a place of love instead of hustling from a place of fear. Karen Peters from RenovatedFaith.com So I ask you, my friend, are you working out of a place of fear or lack? And is that driving you to overcommit to the point that you are constantly tired, anxious, and can't sleep at night? And you feel like whatever you do, you cannot give 100% to everything that you said yes to. Now is the time to stop overcommitting and knowing and learning about the power of no. Hi my friend, it's Jasmine and welcome to the podcast Shine is Shining. A personal development podcast designed to help you break out of your shell and build self-confidence so you can shine your light onto the world. Welcome to episode 7. We, again, like I say in every episode, we are on a roll and it's just very insane for me to know where I started with the trailer episode and episode 1 to be to episode 7. We are more than halfway through with season 1, which is crazy to say. My plan is to do like 12 episodes, I believe. So buy more (laughs) but today's episode is about overcommitment and this idea came to me because it was very relevant to to my season of life right now the reason why this is so relevant to my season of life right now is just because my junior year in general i overcommitted myself i truly wholeheartedly believe that i was offered several roles and i fulfilled Pretty much every role that i was offered in the in hindsight i was like this is a great opportunity and i want to take it i don't want to not take the opportunity and miss out on something but at the same time i didn't realize how much of my time and energy those things were going to cost me and that i ultimately was not able to give 100% to just one one thing I was trying to give 100% to everything which is not possible because not everything requires the same time same amount of energy or time and I learned that lesson the hard way and so I know I'm not the only one who's learning that lesson right now and I wanted to share some advice that I saw online because normally when I make a podcast episode I speak from life experience and personal stories that's how I've been able to connect with people and connect with you and I tend to give advice that I've learned from other people but right now I'm going to take the perspective of a student and I'm going to sit alongside you and not be someone speaking at you but sitting with you and I'm going to be learning with you as I dive into some of the advice i've had from experts who have studied overcommitment or have learned the hard way as well from overcommitment and burnout and all those not so fun things so without further ado let's dive in i want you to think back to thanksgiving of last year 2019 where things were a little more tame and Think to how you felt during that time. I don't know about you, but I was pretty giddy and excited about getting a chance to eat my grandma's cornbread dressing. Oh, so good with cranberry sauce from the can. I know it might be a disgrace for those who like to eat, you know, homemade cranberry sauce, but from the can, just something different, something about that childhood nostalgic feeling of eating from the can. I want you to imagine how you felt in that moment. And now I want you to envision a large plate, a empty plate in front of you and now you're going to serve yourself and put food on your plate and everything looks so good and so delicious and you just grab everything you see in sight you fill your plate up to the brim honestly well I guess you can't fill a plate to the brim but you know what I mean you fill the plate up to where there's no space left and you start eating and then you realize dang you know I only made it halfway through my plate and I still have I still have half food left and I'm full but I want to eat more. Does anybody else feel that same way? I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person who gets personally attacked when I know I still have food left and I want to continue eating because I know it's just that good, but I know that my stomach cannot handle any more food. I had reached full capacity. Sounds familiar, right? How many times have you been offered several great opportunities? Just like you've seen tons of great food on a table and you, your eyes end up being bigger than your stomach. And in essence, your desires take over and your boundaries start to suffer. Your limits start to suffer. And so you take on more than you can chew. I'm, I'm sure we're familiar with that phrase. Just like that feeling you get when you're overly full. You've eaten too much and you start regretting that you ate more than you could handle or ate past your stomach's capacity. You start to feel that same way in life when you take on more than you can chew and you say yes to more things instead of saying no and you end up regretting saying yes to those things and then you're stuck facing the consequences here in terms of the thanksgiving example your consequences is a very full stomach and you're going to be uncomfortable for a while you're just going to have to wait until you digest which takes quite a while in terms of life you're going to be dealing with the consequences multiple consequences in fact where like i said in the beginning you might become very tired Anxious, having trouble sleeping, you're not able to give 100% to anything because you're so spread out, thin, trying to do tons of things, and that's calling your attention. And so that has led me into my junior year. So that example leads me into junior year because that is my current season right now and my current season that encompasses all of junior year not to say junior year was not good and I'm still in my junior year now so I don't want to I I, I realize I'm talking as if I'm like finished I'm not done yet got like two and a half weeks left and then I'm about to be a senior but I this year I took on like I said in the beginning way more than I probably should have and the repercussions I am feeling them. I really felt them towards the end of the first semester of junior year and towards the beginning of the junior year. So junior year, I was offered several roles. I was offered to be an officer in the Black Student Association. I came back as a second year RA. I was offered the opportunity to manage my church's social media page on Sundays my dorm social media page as well as the black student associations page in addition to my own okay and then i babysat for i think six families on and off throughout the semester and i said yes to another family knowing getting well i um shouldn't have because again i'm already babysitting for so many and i always felt guilty and bad whenever i couldn't babysit but also it, it, that's another thing to talk about was like feeling guilty when it is important to take care of yourself and know that saying no it's not necessarily a bad thing depending on the context and so and all those things and on top of classes and just trying to be a good person and a good friend and a good daughter and a good sister and a good um youtuber and podcaster I just like I and that I was just doing everything that I felt like I needed to do and I found myself burning out very, very quickly and I, I learned it the hard way. Oh, so my my body does not react to stress very well or very intense spurts of stress. When you're carrying so much, it, it, it takes a toll on you. And if you want an envision like this, say you're wearing a backpack, and I've been told this example before, like you're wearing a backpack and each little thing that you take on is like a brick. And so I ultimately had many bricks in my backpack. And hear me out. I'm not here sitting, trying to complain about anything. I'm very grateful for the opportunities I was given. I know there's plenty of people out in the world who are taking on way more roles than I am. I just know that everyone's story is different. Everyone's limits and boundaries are different as well. So this is me acknowledging my limits and boundaries in hopes that you would do the same. I just felt like I need to put that disclaimer out there. But what I was saying with the backpack example is that I felt like I had taken on many bricks more bricks than i've had before in my college career and i was like junior year go bigger, or go home you know and my backpack was weighing really heavy on me and that ended up like i said causing stress on me specifically physical stress as well as emotional stress as well and mental stress <laughs> and spiritual stress stress and stress in all areas to be honest and so i remember early on i would have these back aches And I it was so it would hurt to the point where it was hard for me to go to sleep at night sometimes and I was always tense. That's what I remember now that I'm thinking back to it. I was so tense. It was like I could never relax. It was like it was like my body was crunched up or not crunched up, but like scrunched up or like it's like, you know, if you were to take your hands and like scrunch them together. I wish I could show you a video of this, but like hmm, how can I describe it? It's like if you make a fist with your hands and you know that tension feeling you feel when you make a fist in your hands? That's what my back felt like. It felt like my muscles were tense and they were not letting up. And I was like, what the world? Why is this happening? And I looked up online why that would happen. And it said, like, stress could cause that. Try to relax. I'm like, wow, yeah, cool. Trying to tell someone who, has, who struggles to rest to relax. In addition to that... Um, it, I found it very difficult for me to sleep because I was spinning, staying up later than I needed to to complete assignments. Because I would give my time to other things during the day and then need to take care of other things at night, and so I, I, I felt like I was always waking from the moment I got up to the moment I went to sleep. There was no really rest period, and I found myself constantly more so than really ever <laughs> in college, taking quick little power naps on my carpet floor just so I can get some shut eye and. Uh, like essentially avoid my responsibilities temporarily and just be still for a second but I couldn't even fully allow myself to rest because I knew what was looming ahead and what I needed to do and so I was like this is not a healthy way to live this is not a healthy way to go about my day-to-day actions and I'm spreading myself thin and then the last straw was really coming back this semester and I think I mentioned it in another episode but how in January I used this metaphor of like putting back on the many coats that I had taken on and this is what I was talking about. Those roles that I fulfilled, those opportunities that I said yes to my junior year, those essentially were coats in my closet and I was wearing so many coats and it was starting to weigh on me and get heavy and over winter break I was finally able to take off most of those coats and I just felt so light and free. And then the thought of putting those coats back on when I was preparing to go back to school for the spring semester, it, it just hit me more than it has before, um, the transition. I just remember, like, coming back and being like, oh, I got to do this all over again. I And I was excited for a new fresh semester and a new fresh major. Like, I had just changed my major in November of that year, of last year, and I was like, I'm starting a new major. That's cool. New semester, cool. You know, weather's gonna start warming up. Yes, but then there was these looming things of like, now I have to take on those tasks that I temporarily put down, and that's when I realized that, like I I had spread myself too thin, and my body started reacting again to stress in a physical way, and I started developing heart palpitations, and they and they were concerning at first. It's not that I haven't had them before. I have had them before, so that's why I wasn't, like, extremely concerned. But I made sure that I watched over it. Um, anyways, they usually develop in times of immense stress. Like, sometimes it happens when, I like, during finals and et cetera. But they're not, like, frequent. They're, like, on and not. They're, like, infrequent. And I, I had them for about a good week or two. And it was kind of concerning because it was just—it was just very annoying. They were not—they weren't painful. I wasn't short of breath or anything like that. They were just annoying to feel constantly. Like I would be sitting in the chair, just doing homework, not even doing hard physical labor or just even laying down in bed, and then my heart would just palpitate. And I was just like, "Ah, how can I get out of this stressful area and, and season?" And my brain finally like was like, "Ding ding ding, girl, you overcommitted yourself. You have." you are burning out and you are spreading yourself thin and you need to do something and find a way to have a healthier balance and that's where the theme over commitment came and i was like i need to make an episode about this because i know i'm not the only one especially as a college student who deals with this and so being this like minor that i am i used to be my major but now it's my minor Research is a very important thing in the field of psychology and so I have done some research myself and so I took to online and I saw some articles and they kind of called me out low-key and so I wanted to share a couple things that they said and give you some tips to combating overcommitment that I believe that you and I can both take on and attempt to live a healthier life because we deserve to. Okay, so this first article is a Forbes article, and it's titled, The Truth About Why You're Overcommitted. And so, I read a little bit about it. Again, it called me out in multiple ways. In the article, the author shared three of the most common reasons why people tend to overcommit. And so, number one is, you love starting new projects, but you don't love finishing them. And I was like, oop, well. (laughs) That called me out in the very beginning, because I am the kind of person who does start a lot of projects and then don't finish unless it's a school school assignment that I'm gonna finish because it's a grade and I have to but if it's like a creative project or just something I'm doing I tend to never fully or rarely not never but rarely commit fully like once I get behind I get so far behind that I just kind of give up and start something different that is a very common theme in my life especially when I was younger I used to write stories all the time and I would have a flight of ideas all the time and I would start random stories and I would start a story and then I'll get an idea for another one and then I'll abandon that story and start writing that new story idea and then the same kind of pattern would cons- to and that same kind of pattern persisted and that even goes into just like my YouTube channel. Um, I've started several series and never fully committed to many of them but the main one that I've committed to was my college boot camp series and that's because I planned it out and knew exactly what I wanted each episode of the series to convey, but most of the time I plan things out and I have these ideas, but the execution is the part that I struggle the most with, so that called me out in so many ways because it says here that starting a new project is exciting, you see all its potential and the initial phases of the process are fun, true, but when problems come up or you don't see results right away, it gets harder and harder to stick to it, so your projects grind to a halt and progress ceases. And I was like, yeah, that, that that's true. I mean, it's exciting when you start something new because you have all those butterflies and those hopeful dreams and ambitions. And then once you get deep into it and things start problems start to arise, you're like, I don't know if I can handle this. And you're like a bored ship, and you never see it through. You never see what you started to the very end. And so I was like, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And number two, they say you don't feel like you're doing enough, and so hmm this is another good topic for another podcast episode but that's true I feel I always you know that feeling when you leave the room you feel like you're forgetting something that's the kind of feeling I have when I feel like I could be doing more you know um one of my things part of my personality is I like to feel needed and so when people are not needing my help or advice and i'm kind of like what am i here for like how can i help you i just have this innate desire to help people and when i can't do that or when people don't need it i'm kind of like i don't feel like enough and so that's a deep rooted insecurity thing and i'm gonna talk more about that as an over commitment how i feel like it's a very deeply rooted insecurity issue Mm -hmm. and so in the effort to feel like i like i am more than enough i take on more roles to kind of Make myself feel like I'm doing something for someone that of value. And so here it says that at its core, this has to do with you feeling like you're enough. What I just basically what I just said. Like the work you're doing matters. Like people are recognizing your hard work and rewarding for you, rewarding you for it. And so that comes from validation, seeking validation, which is another issue that I currently deal with and have dealt with dealt with for a long time and it says that this is a trap that a lot of us get sucked into and we think that in order to get out of it we just need to commit to more work more try and accomplish more because then maybe we can finally look back at our week and think I'm finally getting enough done and so it's that I mean, it's that whole desire like I need to do more to feel like my work is making an impact or valuable or that i'm even a value to someone which is you know crazy because you're already valuable as children of god we are of value we're seen like jewels and so the, we we are enough already and so what we do doesn't dictate you know our uh, our uh, worth <laughs> and number three is you're afraid of success In the beginning, I was in denial. I was like, no, I'm not afraid of success. Success is exciting. What? But then I realized, yes, I'm actually afraid of success. And the reason I got to that point was what they said here. The author said, what would happen if you were to fully commit to just one thing? To go all in. How would that affect your work, your life? And I was like, ugh. I like cringe because the thought of fully committing to one thing, more so a project, not a person, like when marriage comes around to a point in my life where I do get married, I'm gonna to commit to my husband, right? I'm not gonna be like, I don't wanna fully commit to you because there's like more efficiency No, I'm gonna fully commit to you, right? For me this hit home in terms of creative projects because again, like I said, I have a I have a history of starting projects and not finishing them. And so I think it's rooted also in my fear of committing to one thing and seeing what that's gonna happen because i I've never really fully committed to one thing you know, I started a blog and, and I think it's good to try things and see what's not working but part of me wonder, wonders what would happen if I had committed like where that blog would take me if I had stayed there and like three years later or you know I am grateful for the fact that because I didn't really like blogging at the time, it led me to YouTube, and now i kind of sort of committed to YouTube, but then I'm not fully committed because I have a podcast, and so it's just, it's, it's that weird thing of like, I want to dabble in a lot of things and be knowledgeable in life, a lot of things, but also I know that sometimes my energy is best spent to one main thing that maybe be, that is, I can fully commit myself to, so, that. Hit home. And the part that really got me was saying that the fear of this question is what keeps a lot of people in a constant state of overcommitment. In fact, you might be actively sabotaging your success by purposely biting off more than you can chew. And it says that more than some of the most successful people narrow down their focus and go full speed ahead on that thing and they become an expert in like one industry and once they're expert in one industry then you should branch off or then you could branch off because then you're comfortable in your skill set and you're not trying to dabble in so many things and your attention's being pulled in so many ways and that's how I feel. So this article was very enlightening and it helped me really especially with the whole being afraid of success and I think that would be really another good cool episode but now that I've talked about some causes of overcommitment, I want to give you some advice that I've read from another article. So this article is titled Avoiding Overcommitment and it's by APA.org and if you don't know what APA is, that is the American Psychological Association and I've been here multiple times for research again for my psych minor. And so I have a list of six things. Most of them are advice from the APA article and then a couple are advice that I have for myself and that I've learned. So number one is to examine your schedule and available time. And so on the website it says, sit down with your calendar and list all your responsibilities as well as your routine and mandatory activities. Include your classes, lab work, study time, work schedule, practicum, family activities, and time for self-care and social events. And keep in mind that it's often easy to underestimate your time constraints. Now again, this is really helpful. This is more for grad students, but this is applicable to any student and really anyone in any phase of their life. It's important for you to understand where all your time is going to. And most of the time we just go with the flow and we just do what we're used to. We never take the time. to really think like, what is getting most of my time and what is not getting a lot of my time and what can I switch around and change up? And a great way to do that, like it says, is to kind of sit down and look at your calendar, look at your phone, Google Calendar, whatever you want to use, your planner, and just sit down and say, for example, what does your typical day look like? Maybe it's your busiest day or what a normal day looks like for you, or if you want to go even more advanced, what does your typical week look like? And then write down time-wise, maybe like 8 a.m. I wake up, 9 a.m. I do this, 9, 10 a.m. I might go to class, etc., and see... What area of my life or what things or assignments am I spending more doing? And what can I take away? Like, what's a necessity? What do I need to spend my time doing? And then what is not a necessity and what can I take away? Or what can I shorten the amount of time I spend doing? And that way, it will help you prioritize. Hint, hint, hint. Which leads me to number two. Survey and prioritize. Prioritize. And so now, like you said in the very beginning, you got a chance to examine your schedule and get a chance to see what time can you make for certain things. Like maybe you have a pocket of free time in between studying for an exam and going to dinner with your friends. What can you, how can you use that time? Instead of using that time to fulfill it with another assignment or project that you said yes to, but maybe realize you shouldn't have said yes to, that could be a good time for you to go out walking and clearing your head after a long day. Or Maybe you can call Maybe you can go on the phone and call a grandparent or a friend and just chat and just have a good old conversation and laugh until you cry or maybe this is a good time for you to schedule on a nap. I mean, naps are great <laughs> and after you look at your schedule, it says that you need to determine if you already have taken on too much. This is a great spot for you to recognize, okay, what do I need to put above other things? And how I do this and what I've been doing lately, I've been using this method called the top three that I learned from Erin On the Man on YouTube. She's wonderful. And some people call it the focus three. Um, Jess Massey on Instagram and YouTube, she calls this the focus three. And essentially, you write down the top three things that you need to get done for the day. This can look like anything. It could be something as simple as, like, I need to go to the grocery store and walk my dog and clean out my email list or you can break it down and be like I have a big project due very soon so these are the three things I need to do to get that project on its way. Now step number three is to void last minute commitments. This is an area of my life that I could always do better at. People just tend to find me in a space where they need my help and they're running out of time and me i'm like oh my goodness i need to help you because i like to help people and with the time sensitiveness of the situation i'm like i have to help you now because you i mean you're running out of time and like what if no one has helped you then i'm gonna feel guilty for some reason and so i tend to say yes to last minute commitments and then once i say yes i immediately regret it i'm one of those people i'm just like wow why didn't i take the time to actually you know see if I actually have time to do it versus saying yes right off the bat cuz I'm so naturally able I'm just naturally say yes a lot more than I say no. And so, something that I've trying to put into practice is instead of saying yes immediately, say something like, "Hey, let me check my calendar and I'll get back to you in, in the next 24 hours." And that's actually pretty feasible, especially if it's a time commitment that is sensitive but still has some time there, like some leeway. So maybe they have a project due Friday night, And they're coming to you Tuesday of that same week. And so you're saying, hey, give me a day to think about it and I'll get back to you. And so you get back to them on Wednesday. And it still leaves you with Wednesday, Thursday, and then beginning of Friday to help them with their assignment if you choose to do so. And that is something that I'm trying to practice more, like I said, because that is empowering for you to say because you're not... Immediately saying yes to someone and then regretting behind the scenes, and you're also protecting yourself from continuing to spread yourself thin and burn out. Number four is it's okay to say no. (laughs) Like I said, no is in my vocabulary, but it's not a word I use very often. In my mind, no is very negatively connotated, and it shouldn't be. Because it can be a a great word to use depending on the situation. And I know there are several, several occasions where I should have said no to something. And I didn't. And the fact to say, like, it's okay. You saying no doesn't make you a bad person. And you saying no doesn't make you a bad friend or RA or student. That means that you are acknowledging how important it is to take care of yourself and know that when it's enough it's enough and knowing your boundaries and your limits and that is an important skill to take with you throughout life and that's a skill that I'm trying to build upon because my insecureness would tell me like if I say no like what if they don't like me and if I say no, like, what if they think I'm a bad friend and they, and they don't, never want to reach it back out to me again to help them? If they are a true friend, they will understand and they'll recognize that, hey, you know what? You just don't have time on your plate to do it. And I understand. I'll find somebody else. And that shouldn't that no shouldn't affect your friendship. That no shouldn't affect your relationship. And that no should not make you feel any less um, enough. Okay? So that's my little TED Talk. And that's something that I'm trying to learn, to know that it's okay to say no. Number five is a tip that I just kind of made up ish. It's not the phrase I didn't make it up but it wasn't on the list on the website I just referenced to it's like less is more. And that is very true. When you have less things on your plate, you can focus on more things and when you have more things on your plate, you can't focus on as many things as possible and then you can't so well into the projects that you do have. Because of everything I took on this year, I've never I didn't really get a chance to dedicate as much time. As I want to, you know, being a better RA or, um, or even, like, strengthen my relationship with God because I was constantly giving into the business, everything I was doing. Or even just, like, showing up well on my YouTube channel. Like, my consistency on this this year, not good at all. And so, I, I like, I want to be better. Um, a better content creator, a better RA, better student, better friend, all of it. And so, in order for that to happen, I need to take things off my plate and be okay with less things. And knowing that with those less things, I can sew well into them and I'm not stretched too thin. And lastly, number six is to schedule in me time. Ooh, this is a time that I normally don't give myself. So this is a tip that is very important for me and probably important for you. Again, because I'm caring for so many people throughout the day and caring for so many things that are not really mine, I tend to put myself last. Like, there's been multiple occasions this semester where I wanted to kind of sit down and like, you know, I don't paint my nails a lot, but, like, sometimes I'll, like, paint my nails or even, like, even simply just washing my hair. Sometimes I, like, put it off for so long because I'm busy doing other things. But that's a form of self-care, like, taking care of something um, that is important to me. And so I just remember, like, I just just know that I don't put myself—I don't make myself a priority. And I wrote something on a sticky note that was just, like, wow. Um, I said something about how I— haven't put myself as a priority in so long that I don't, don't even know what it feels like to make, like, put myself first. I don't really know what it feels like to put myself first because I put other people first before I put myself first. So that was just a hard lesson to learn, and that's just, like, a hard pill to swallow. But knowing how important it is to take time for yourself. You know, you hear it a lot from parents saying, like, they have kids and how they got to make me time and time for us as a couple And, like, not, that doesn't mean that you don't love the people that you spend time with or care for. You just have to give that same love that you show to other people to yourself. And that's what I'm learning. At the end of the day, overcommitment affects a lot of people, especially in the Western culture. We place a lot of value on success and being busy and productive. And that's just not the healthiest way to live all the time. So, I pray that this podcast episode opened your eyes a little bit and helped you kind of uncover some of your own causes for for overcommitting in your life and that hopefully you will take one of the advice tips and apply it to your life. I know that I will and just know that you are worthy and you are enough and you don't need to prove to anybody by constantly taking on projects just so they can like you or just so that you feel like you have a place here on earth because you do. My friend, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned a lot just like I did. I really enjoy getting a chance to take on the role of a student alongside you versus just kind of speaking at you about things that I kind of are thinking. And I'm glad I got a chance to share my thought process and a little bit of my story with you. And I'm going to end this episode in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for blessing me with another opportunity to be able to speak into my audience's hearts right now and minds. I pray this episode touched them in a way that allowed them to acknowledge the fact that if they are over committing themselves that they should not. And that it's okay to say no, that saying no is very powerful and it's not a negative thing. It, it, it's something that you need to practice and use, Lord, in a life because we tend to give in to busyness and I know that you called us to work hard but also rest well and it's hard to rest well when we're constantly working and not allowing ourselves to take that moment to just breathe and enjoy life's moments. And so I just pray that over the person listening right now and I pray over myself too that we continue to learn and break down these bad habits that we have and to know that we are enough lord and that you made us enough and that we are precious in your eyes and that we need to be precious in our own eyes that lord and that you love us you love us you just love us lord and that we should show that same love to ourselves lord by taking care of ourselves and knowing what our limits are and what our boundaries are and what we need to take out of the equation what we need to keep and add to the equation lord in jesus name i pray amen Thank you so much for listening to the Shy to Shining Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast like you do on YouTube by clicking the button so you won't miss any new episodes. And be sure to rate the show and leave a little review. Alrighty, my friend. That's all I have for you today. But before I go, remember this. Aim far, my little star, and shine bright, my little light. I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye!